Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on September 4th, 2022. I almost hate to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but listen up anyway. This message today is not a fun one. It wasn't fun to prepare for. It won't be fun to preach, nor do I expect will it be fun to listen to. But don't turn off. Don't turn away. Don't leave. It's necessary. There are some things based on the Bible that a pastor needs to teach that really aren't fun. And it's part of my calling to teach you these things. And today we get to one of them. Now, if you know me, you know I'd much rather preach directly on Jesus or on evangelism or on prayer or on loving one another, the Good Samaritan, things like that. And we're going to touch on some of those things, but for the most part, we're going to talk today about demons, the devil, and evil. It's not a whole lot of fun to talk about those things, but we need to know that those things exist. As we'll see in today's passage, Jesus consistently and regularly, he cast out demons, The work of demons and the devil had intensified during the ministry of Jesus. But demons and the devil and evil are still active in today's world and will, according to the Bible, intensify as we get closer to the end times. So we need to understand these things. So we're going to read today's passage and then kind of back up a little bit and talk about the the whole issue of demons the devil, and evil. So, like I said, it's not a lot of fun, but this is something that we need to understand and we need to know as followers of Jesus. Our passage is Luke eleven fourteen through 28. So let's stand together as we read the story of Jesus casting out a demon and then the questions and the arguments that followed. And here's how it reads, Luke eleven fourteen. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can this kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebul. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. 
As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You may be seated. And I want you to think about this this whole topic, but first let's make sure that we understand what happened in this passage. Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't talk. The demon in this case kept the man from talking. And so when the man finally did talk, the crowd was amazed. But everywhere Jesus went, and now increasing as we get closer to his crucifixion, Jesus had critics, and the critics came out and blasphemed him, saying that what he did was not done by the power of God, but done by the power of Satan, and Jesus attacked their logic. Why would the devil destroy his own? That would be a house fighting its own house. And if he did, it would be worse in the end. And then he asked them, do you use that logic and you cast out a demon? Of course not. And then make up your minds. Are you for me or against me? That's when an admiring woman in the crowd who was amazed by Jesus' power and teaching cried out a very common Jewish blessing. Blessed is your mother. Blessed is the woman who bore you and nursed you and raised you. Jesus acknowledged that, but broadened the blessing. No, the blessed ones are those who hear and obey. And so I really want you to understand this passage about demons and the devil. And so I want to share with you four things based on this passage and others that every follower of Jesus needs to know. And the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about the reality of demons the reality of the devil, and the reality of evil. By the way, I get a lot of questions on that because people read the New Testament and you pastors get lots of questions about demons. Do they still exist? Yes. Is the devil real? Yes. Is evil a real thing? Yes. So you got my three quick answers to that. Yes, yes, and yes. Demons are real. The devil is real. He really does exist. And the evil that results from that is very, very clear. The Bible is exceedingly clear on this. The devil. You can call him the devil or you can call him Satan or you can call him Lucifer or Beelzebul or Beelzebub or the evil one. He's real. And the evil that results from demons and the devil is real. Despite mankind's best efforts to explain it away, Jesus acknowledged this by casting out demons. He acknowledged that there are evil spirits who exist to bring hurt and harm to human beings. Now, the sad news is today, despite all the evidence, most people today deny the reality of the devil and evil spirits. And they've come up with other ways to explain away evil. Because if they admitted the reality of demons and the devil, then they'd be forced to admit to the reality of God and the necessity of Jesus. And so much of what's happening in the world today is we are finding other ways to explain away what's wrong with the world as if evil didn't exist. 
And so there are some that just call evil is just a medical issue. There's something wrong in the body. But there have been huge increases in medical knowledge and medical treatment over the years. And evil has not gone away. It appears to be getting worse. So it's not just a medical issue. Many people call it a, a mental health issue. But there have been huge advances in mental health diagnosis and treatment. I'm not saying it's not real. It is. But even when we treat the mental health and we look at the world, evil still exists. Some people, and you probably have heard this, just call evil a parenting issue. Bad parents. And that explains the evil. Now, now listen, just speaking on behalf of parents, I, I've got nine children now, nine grandchildren. Every parent that I know wishes we had done some things better. I mean, there, there are no perfect parents. We all wish we had done some things better. But I know way too many things. There's something deeper going on here because I know way too many good parents resulting in bad kids and bad parents resulting in good kids. Evil is more than just a parenting issue. And sometimes we act as if it were a government issue. We just had the right government, and within that government, if we just had the right politicians, then evil would be banished. Now, I got no argument with the fact that we could use better government, but no nation with any form of government has ever come close to solving the evil issue. And our experiment in this country with the democratic republic that we love has not stopped evil at all. Murder, theft, fraud, domestic violence, you name it. These things are at epidemic proportions. Prisons are absolutely overflowing. There's something bigger going on than just a government issue. Now, I'm not putting down medicine. I'm not putting down mental health treatment. I'm not putting down parenting. I'm not putting down good government. I'm saying there is something bigger going on. And the Bible is very clear about what that is. The devil is real. His demons are real. And until we admit that and understand that, we will never understand the world and we'll keep looking for solutions that won't work. Because if you don't correctly diagnose the problem, you'll never find the solution. So I'm starting off by just telling you something that you need to know. It's not fun. There is a devil. He has his demons. And evil is the result. So let me add to that the purpose of the devil. Because I want you to understand this completely. The devil and his demons want to harm you, want to harm your family, want to harm your church, want to harm your nation. The devil's ultimate anger is against God himself, but he attacks God by attacking the people that God loves. And that's us. He stands against everything that God stands for. God creates, Satan destroys. God heals, the devil hurts. 
God gives life, Satan brings death. God brings health, Satan causes disease. God brings peace, the devil brings strife and war. God builds character and healthy relationships, Satan destroys character and brings dysfunction. God brings love and mercy and forgiveness. Satan causes hatred and unforgiveness. And Satan has many tools in his toolbox, and you need to recognize this. He can cause physical harm, as he did with this mute man. He uses misunderstood words to break good relationships. And then he surrounds you with people who ultimately tear you down or will drag you down and lead you astray. He uses temptation to lead you to say or do something stupid that will hurt your body, your mental, emotional, financial, or spiritual well-being, and your relationships. He is a master at offering short-term pleasure that brings long-term pain. That's what he does. He's out to kill, destroy, tear down, and do everything he can to bring evil to the world. And I emphasize this because I want you to understand this. You can't win a war if you don't admit that you have an enemy. You can't win a war if you don't even know you have an enemy. Let me give you a a historical example. In the 1930s, Hitler's power was growing astronomically, primarily because people inside and outside Germany refused to see the obvious signs that he was an evil man and an enemy. It was there, but nobody was paying attention to the bigotry and the racism and the hatred that was leading to violence and death. Everybody knew it, but nobody seemed to raise the red flag when World War I treaties were blatantly ignored. His violent nationalistic ideology was obvious. His extreme disregard for legal and moral law could be seen by everybody. But most people just chose to appease him rather than oppose him. As late as just three months before he invaded Poland and officially began what we call World War II, the British Prime Minister Chamberlain went to Munich and had a talk with him and declared that we have a achieved peace in our generation. The world was preoccupied, refused to call an enemy an enemy. And that decision cost millions of lives and almost destroyed the free world as we know it. Now, that's the story of Hitler in very short form. But Hitler was just a tool of a worse enemy. So church, if we don't know that we have an enemy, if we get so sidetracked and preoccupied, 
We don't know that the devil is real. We can't defend ourselves, guard our hearts, protect that which is most important to us, and seek help in the only place we can get it. And that's from God and from Jesus. And if we don't know that we're in a war with an enemy, if we just say, all is okay, then we've opened ourselves up. And so we need to be real. Not to be afraid of them because we have God on our side. Not to cower in fear because we have an enemy, but we need to be clear about the fact that demons, the devil, and evil are real. And I want to tell you this. The more I follow and preach Jesus, the more obvious it comes to me that evil is real and we have an enemy. Since we started our basketball league, we've seen many victories. We've also had three young men, three young men, teenagers, who were shot and killed when they gave into an enemy they didn't really believe existed. These were young men that I either coached or refereed or prayed with before games. But they allowed Satan to lead them into stupid things and stupid places. And their lives were destroyed. We need to be clear. Church is not just a fun gathering of people for let's have a barbecue. We'll have barbecues, by the way, but it's more than that. We're gathering together to strengthen ourselves, to pray to our God, to talk to people about Jesus because he is the only answer to the devil, demons, and evil. So, so understand the reality of demons, the devil, and evil. Understand the purpose of the devil. He wants to tear you down, destroy you, destroy your family, destroy your character, destroy this church, destroy God's work, destroy the reputation of Jesus and everything else that is good. So he's real, and that's his purpose. Now, now let me point out the most obvious and important truth in this passage. It shows us the power of of Jesus over evil. Jesus drove out the demon. And in the discussion that follows about where he got his power, don't lose the perspective that Jesus has absolute power over evil. He did it without drama. He did it without formula. He did it without any religious liturgy. He cast out a demon and he healed the mute, showing that he has power over demons, the devil, and the evil that results and even the consequences of that evil. Jesus has power over evil. Now, you know, because you read it, that his opponents tried to say that Jesus used the power of the devil to overcome the devil. Jesus destroyed that argument. But set that aside for a minute and focus on the truth. Jesus has power over evil. And let me add this. Jesus is the only power over evil. The world and America are trying hard to find other solutions to evil. 
Now, in part, that's because we haven't identified the enemy, and it's part because I'm not sure that we all really believe that Jesus has power over evil, and so we try everything else except for Jesus, and it should be obvious to us by now that it is not working. So we introduce new mental health procedures and medicines, and evil increases. We try tougher penalties for crime. And now we have the largest prison population in the history of the world. And yet evil is still everywhere we look on the streets. We try new politicians every four years. But evil still wins, and it turns out that some of the politicians we elect have been so influenced by evil that they are criminals themselves. Every politician out there, and we should be smart enough to see this by now, every politician out there tries to convince us, elect me and I can solve the problems of our country and our world. Listen, if I believe that, I'd be in politics instead of a preacher. I don't believe that. I don't think Republicans, Democrats, independents, I don't think they can fix the real problem because they haven't identified the real problem and they're not turning to the one and only solution who is Jesus. We're not going to win this battle at the ballot box. We're going to win it on our knees when we call upon God and we call upon Jesus. We're in a battle. We know who the enemy is. You're the only one who can solve the issue. We ask your help. We hope education will solve our problems. Now, now listen, I believe in education, and I've got a lot of it. Education is really good at teaching subjects, math, reading, history. Other things. But it's powerless to overcome evil. Public education, private education, home education, parochial education all have advantages. But none of them directly overcome evil. Only Jesus can do that. And so the answer, the only answer, is Jesus. That's why I preach. That's why I pray. That's why I believe. That's why I follow. Jesus is the only answer. Do you believe that? Are you sure? Does the way you live your life indicate and show and prove that you believe that? Wait, wait, I got amen, amen, and silence. Do you believe that Jesus is the only answer to evil? Does the way you are living your life prove that statement to be true? Do you pray like you've never prayed before? Do you go to prayer meetings every opportunity that you have? Do you tell people about Jesus on a regular, daily basis? Do you repent of your own sins on a daily basis so Jesus can overcome the evil, listen to me, in your own life? Because we've got to be absolutely committed. So Jesus is the answer to evil, and Jesus is the only answer to evil. And then number four, I want to point out the danger of neutrality. 
and Jesus addressed this issue twice. He said, look, if, if, a, if a demon leaves a house and then leaves it undefended because there is no strong master there, then it will return and bring seven others with it, leaving the house worse off than it was. So choose a strong master. And then he made it even more clear. And, and, and listen to these words. If you are not with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering with me, you're scattering. When it comes to God and Satan, when it comes to good and evil, you can't be neutral. You can't be Switzerland. You've got to make a choice and make it clear with your words and your life which side of the aisle you're on. There is no neutral between there is a God and there is no God. I mean, it's a yes or no question. There is no neutral between Jesus is the one and only Son of God and Jesus is not the Son of God. There's no middle ground there. You're on one side or the other. You, can't, you can claim, like many people do, to be an agnostic. But that's just really like saying, I don't have an opinion. There's a God or there's not. Jesus is God's son or he's not. And the, there is no neutral ground. Most who are agnostic, it's just a cop out. And they're not really seeking the answer to the question. And some are just apathetic. But listen, eternity, right and wrong, God and Satan, is too important to be apathetic about. The big questions are yes or no. Maybe is not an acceptable answer. Possibly, but I'm not sure, is not an acceptable answer. What are you waiting on to study the issue, think about the issue, pray about the issue, read and see what the Bible says about the issue, and then making your decision. Because understand what Jesus said, and he needs to speak to Americans, because by and large, most Americans today don't want to declare wholeheartedly for Jesus and don't want to declare wholeheartedly against, and we got a bunch of people in the middle. Y'all go to church on occasion, because I'm not anti-Christian, but I'm not sure I want to be a total, complete fanatic about it either. So I'm in the middle. Understand what Jesus said. If you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not for me, you're against me. You're not gathering with me, you're scattering. You're not on one side or the other. Some questions are just too important to opt out on. Some issues are just too important to say, I don't know. And maybe I don't care. you got to decide which side you're on. And so Jesus spends some time here talking about the danger of neutrality. So what is our response? It, it's as simple as can be. I'm going to give you two words. Response number one, choose. On God, it's yes or no. On Jesus is God's son, it's yes or no. On the devil as an enemy, it's yes or no. On Jesus being the only answer to evil, it's yes or no. This is not a multiple choice question. 
It's true, false. Yes or no. And it really doesn't matter what your mom and dad thought or what you heard when you were growing up or what your teachers have told you. Because it really comes down to you making a decision. Where do you stand? What's your decision? Everybody has to choose. You're for Jesus or you're against Jesus. You've sold out to him or you got nothing. Choose. And then obey. I love Jesus' response to the woman who wanted to bless his mom. A good thing. Very common Jewish blessing. Is an end away, end around way of, of blessing him as well. You're a good man, so you must have had a good mom. Jesus accepted that, but then he broadened it. No, blessed are those who hear and obey. Now listen carefully to this, because I'm getting close to closing here. And I want you to hear this. Today's modern evangelical American church focuses on faith. Just believe. Jesus, and check me out when you read the Gospels, he focused on obedience. Because he believed, as James said, that faith without works or without obedience is dead. It's not really faith at all. So if you have faith, you'll know it because you obey. If you really believe in Jesus, you'll know it because you obey. Hearing and doing, that's real faith. Faith without obedience is nothing but words. And words are easy. Faith with obedience changes lives. I've been out sharing Jesus, and sometimes we overemphasize. Just say you believe, just repeat this prayer, you're good. Jesus never said it like that. It was, come follow me. Hear me. Believe in me. And obey me. So understand what I'm saying, and this is all of you. I know this is not a fun message. But what I'm asking you to do is to choose your master and then obey him. If your master is Satan, then go ahead and commit evil. You've made your choice. But if your master is Jesus, then choose godliness, holiness, morality, integrity, love, and faith. There is no middle ground between those two. So get on one side or the other. And that's the truth about devil, demons, and evil. But the greater truth about God, Jesus, and his people. I want you to pray about this. So I'm going to do the invitation just a little bit different. You just stay seated and you pray. And then in a minute, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And at that point, if you want to come forward and pray, the altar will be open. You want to let us know on a connection card, hey, I'm making this decision to follow Jesus. I want to join the church. I want to be baptized. I need to know more. And we'd be honored to hear from you and help you. But I want you first to take a moment and pray. So you pray. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net. 
and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.